shake up a soda can and leave it on the counter. It's time for Uncle Says. podcast discussion of what it's like to make short videos and YouTubing from China. We're coming to you live to tape in beautiful Wuku Studios in Luzhou, Sichuan, China. It's a dark and somewhat damp evening here in the studio and outside. And uh, I'm Emily and with me as always is Peter. Woo-woo. This week you can even see him. He's not just in the background. Woo-woo. <laughs> Our discussion today is going to be about what happens when you disagree with your collaborator or when you and your dis- you and your collaborator do not see eye to eye. And we will also Get on with it. <laughs> we will also address readdress last week's confused discussion of what's an idea versus what's style. Um, but first we're going to kick things off with a how's your uncle? So Peter, I it's been di- I've been dying all week to tell you that I've been doing this, but this is my life is so exciting that I wanted to save it for <laughs> the podcast. Um, I stopped looking at screens in bed Monday night, and immediately the next day, I like felt so much more well rested. What kind of screens do you look at in bed? Like on my iPad, I read. I read on the iPad, and then gotcha. sometimes I play a little, little gamey game. Um, and it's not that I wouldn't fall asleep, but I saw an article in Bustle that what, what in bed while you were what, what yeah <laughs> that it's not that it, it interferes with your ability to sleep at all, but that your sleep is not a, as deep, and that you're not getting REM sleep. And I was like, I have been feeling like super tired all the time, and like by four o'clock every day, I'm like, ugh. I got hours and hours to go before I can go to bed. And then this week, I don't wake up feeling tired. I don't start dragging in the afternoon. And I'm able to stay up until, like, actual bedtime, which is a revelation. And it's annoying that it is, like, everybody's like, don't look at screens, don't look at screens in bed. And they're, like, so right. It wasn't even like I had to get used to it. It was the next day. Huh. I felt so much more well rested. It was amazing. Did it affect your dreams? Maybe. I've had a, I've had a lot of weird dreams. I can't remember any right now, but I think the meditation affects my ability to remember hmm. dreams. Interesting. And maybe even I don't lucid dream. You lucid dream sometimes, right? I think so. Um, I don't lucid dream, but I think I am like sometimes now aware that dreams are dreams. Mm. It's very weird. I'm like playing with my mind. <laughs> I left. You were talking about Acaster and uh, what's his name last week? Oh yeah, Whitcomb. Whitcomb. I left him the other night and I <laughs> dreamed that I was. I, I worked in an office with him. We were all designers. We were working <laughs> on a newspaper. <laughs> they were kind of irritating. That's funny. <laughs> I don't. 
I don't really dream about anyone in particular. Sometimes I'm not even in my own dreams, which I don't know what that says about me, but that's, that's the truth. You wouldn't cast yourself in your own movie? No, I would write a part for somebody else. <laughs> and so who would be your, who would you cast as you? These days I don't know. I remember in high school my go-to answer was Meg Ryan because she was America's cutie pie sweetheart at the time. And I was a cutie pie sweetheart. Not bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. <laughs> don't go looking at anybody else. Casting! Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was like, I know it's not super exciting to reveal live on the podcast, but it was like, I was astounded at how much of a difference it made. And I'm like really excited about it. It still is like, it's such a habit that even every night before I go to bed, I have to be like, okay, no screens in bed. You know that it works so well. Only paper books from now on. And so I have to buy. Oh, well, I have to buy more books. Um, I love buying books, so that's not a real problem. And then the other thing, it's not a surprise to you. We had the clean cleaning people come by yesterday. Mm, I was not surprised. And it's so satisfying. We get we have house cleaners come by once a month to give everything a good scrub down. This was a particular interesting week because the week before, month before, yeah, we had an insufficient cleaner. Yeah, I I, I didn't. I myself did not call and complain, but I had my assistant at school call and say. He didn't do a good enough job. Don't ever send that guy back to us. Yeah. Um, but yesterday, the woman who came was so thorough, so good. Mm, she even cleaned uh, the bottom of my shoes. Yeah, she wiped down our slippers so we wouldn't like track old slipper dirt around. Um, so if you're in Lujo, we, we have some cleaners we can recommend. <laughs> and a, one guy that we don't recommend. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's that's your uncle. Let's go on to conducting business. In the business world of YouTube this week, we're going to talk a little bit more again about thumbnails because we made some, or Peter made some significant changes to our thumbnail strategy. So the big idea about a thumbnail is like this is your album cover this is the marketing this is your branding this is the image that people see and decide if they want to look at you further or not so as everyone says they're really important and there are some basic rules that people abide by based in like marketing and human psychology the big one being your thumbnail should have a person on it and it should be like a pleasant face kind of looking you in the eyes in an engaging way. Um, which is, you know, that's not any kind of mind-blowing yeah, anything. That's, that's, that's the basic criteria. And so we had been doing that and still trying to put our quirky spin on it. Um, but you can see in a thumbnail like for, what did we end up calling I'll Never Be Chinese? Uh, wait, wait, which one's for that? Chinese. Or like, what? China keeps welcoming you. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's one. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the name of that one? It is, even if you're a blogger, China welcomes you over and over. Yeah, so that's like, that's our take on it. So it is my face and then it has like a kind of comic book white outline to make it pop off the page. And I'm that, actually... that one's actually a cartoon of your face. Okay, so yeah, that's a cartoon of my yeah. face. And I'm making actually, not just a like welcoming smile, but like a somewhat aggressive like face. Um, but what Peter kind of, maybe you can say better about the transition you, you went to this week. Well, if, if we're going through basically uh, what you do for magazines, like People Magazine or something, mm -hmm. you put your star's face on the cover and that, you know, that's something you can identify with. Keep the eyes open so you can see into somebody's eyes and soul. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, that works. Um, the problem is that there's, like, little art to it. So, essentially, every week you end up with the same... Like, I'm looking here at our weeks past, and it's just your face, your face, your face, your face. And then, especially now with the giraffe, it's my face with the giraffe costume on. So it's even more... And that that's, you know, again, good good branding. It's the image repetition so that, like, if you see this in a giraffe costume, oh, I know what that is. Um, but if you look at them all in a row, it's somewhat repetitive. Right, because if, if you are People Magazine, you have a different person on the cover every week. But if it's a magazine about you every week, it's just the same picture over and over again. Yeah. And so with this week's um, thumbnail is just a pair of boots. It's, a, it's an episode about, I'm talking about shoes. And so Peter went with a really striking image of my red boots with a yellow background as a nod to the colors of China, but also because it just like pops strikingly off the page in somewhat of a more pop art feel, which, um, as you explained to me, the rationale is like, we're not marketing the giraffe. The giraffe is a character, but it's not a personality. So we're not like, I'm not trying to go for some morning host talk show gig. We're not trying to say like, connect with the giraffe we actually have a whole aesthetic we're trying to promote and so if we can take these shots and make them a little more artistic maybe a little more not abstract because boots yeah, aren't necessarily boot abstract is. but it it is an abstracted image from the story rather than like hi it's me again well and if we can tell the story with an illustration along with our SEO, our, our written description, hopefully we can come up with something that's a little more enticing and a little more us. If most of what you're trying to sell is maybe here's, here's how we do a thing, here's how we live in China. It's not what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to sell an aesthetic sense of, of, something more artistic of, of, of something that grabs your attention immediately. And if it's just your same face over and over again, who's going to know? It's different if you're trying to teach somebody a certain skill, how to cook a cake or something. Every week is a different cake, and I could put your face and a cake, and you can identify with that. But every week it's something different, and we have a lot of different things 
in our videos too. So it's not just like this week we're talking about shoes. We have shoes and we have comments and we have a story and another story and a couple different aspects. Because what we were finding out was if we lead our, we show you a story with shoes and we make our first minute and a half about shoes, then everyone turns off. Oh and yeah, that, that, we'll have a lot more to say about that right, specifically that next week, but um. But when, when you have, when you have a, a, an image, could be, be this one being, I can't put my shoes on faster, any faster, is the title. Yeah, yeah. And then we just have a picture of really bright shoes. And I think part of, part of the image that we are trying to convey, um, we're getting weirder. We're, we're indulging our, our weirder impulses, if that's, if that's to believe that we can get any weirder. But we are. We're really going for less connected with reality. And that advice that tends towards, you know, show a face, make it friendly and open, open your video with like, hey folks, and today we're going to talk about this and this and this. Let's go. We're, we're trying to t make a departure from all that. And so if our marketing material is all, hey folks, and then you click on and it's all weird, first of all, the people who do click on that because that's what they want are going to be disappointed. And the people who don't want that but might want something weird are not going to click on that because they don't trust, hey folks. Mm -hmm. um, so this kind of we're trying to now make an, an image that's still appealing. We still, you know, it's, it's never a good marketing strategy to be specifically off-putting. Um, but that's appealing, but also closer to the aesthetic you're going to find once you click into the video. So we'll, I, make, making the packaging match what's inside. Yeah, you don't want better. to advertise falsely. Yeah, yeah. So that's, Boots was the big, or, or, Put put my put my shoes on. <laughs> that's the that's the big experiment this week. Um, and then I guess you did go back and simplify some of the older yeah thumbnails as well. Well, a lot of what they which I'll, say, I guess I'll put a link up you, to our videos page and you can just look at them all night, uh, next to each other. Peter works pretty hard on those and they're pretty good looking. I think. What they say, along with putting on your face, is to put like just a little bit of text. It's a place to give more description as to what's inside mm -hmm. and that gets hard because it's a thumbnail it's the size of a thumb so you're looking at how much information can I stick on here to get somebody to come in and we've tried a lot of information and yeah. we've tried a medium amount of it. now we're trying almost no information yeah I mean minimalism is an enduring aesthetic for a reason yeah, and hopefully we're finding. <laughs> hopefully that'll stick out for on a page full of so many pictures with so much information all over them to see a pair of red boots with a yellow background that should stick off the page. And maybe you hate shoes, so you yeah. wouldn't like it. But <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so that's that's our business. Anything? Anything? Last words? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to homeschool film school. Our topic this week is what to do or how to handle disagreeing with a collaborator. Um, because this week's other video that we posted about Llama Island 
Peter and I actually had a very significant disagreement about it. Um, and we usually, we work together really well, I think. Um, partially because we have the same vision and partially because the Venn diagram of our skills doesn't have a strong overlap. Like, I feel like you have your areas that are yours and my area that are mine, and we both have feelings about what the other one does, but really, like... It makes it easier for us to have different kinds of skills that uh, I draw, you write. Yeah, So yeah. I'll illustrate it. You give me a story, I'll illustrate it. Yeah, and it's not like I've... I've composed a competing theme song and like we yeah. have to decide who's is better <laughs> yeah this ain't the beatles yeah <laughs> so it is like our our skills support each other and they don't often conflict but this sometimes sometimes we do have disagreements with how um the direction that we want to go um and this one what was the main one on i know I, I don't want to point out exactly what I was not happy with because I don't want you, the viewer, to go look for what I wasn't happy with. <laughs> but there was, you had to re-cut the voiceover in a way that was different from how I wrote it and that I felt undercut the meaning of what I was trying to convey. Right. Well, to begin with, this, this was a video that had old footage from years past that we had film so we had a certain amount of what we have on film. I have these pictures. Could you write a story to that? So and when I hand it off to you Yeah, and then so I look at the pictures and write the story that I think goes with the pictures and then the challenging part of that is that I ha it's not about like all the words I want to say. It has to fit to what the pictures are and so if like if I have a lot to say about this, but the the clip is only two seconds long, I only get to take two seconds about it. And then if we have, like, I mean, we don't have to use all four minutes, but if it's, like, the centerpiece of what the video is, I do have to write something substantial, even if, you know, that's not how I would have written a piece that was just written. Or if we were composing a piece together from the start, we would go out and plan a different way to shoot the footage. But at the time, we were not going to go back to Llama Island and shoot more <laughs> footage. We had archive footage, and we had the current voiceover. And so that's that's the tools we had. And and this is it, that's not particularly artful, And but this is where you have skills working at a newspaper. Uh, somebody says, look, I've got these three photographs. You can use one of them. Yeah. And you also only have, like, 400 words Right, right. So it's not the it's not a situation that I was unfamiliar with, but it's not a situation I particularly like either. We're trying um, to stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. That as long as no one's paying us to do it, <laughs> we're good to do exactly what we want. And 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 when I say like we had a disagreement, I mean it felt big at the time. I think I maybe even cried. Well, it was upsetting because both of us knew we weren't happy with what we were doing. Yeah. And, but it was still, like, it was less good than our other stuff instead of, like, it's the worst. Like, we just wouldn't have put it out if it was the worst. Yeah, um, it, it turned out fine. And you can kind of tell it that because it doesn't have an ending, which is a problem with a lot of people. 
I mean, not even just on YouTube, but like professionals, there's how many shows have you watched that are like six seasons in that you're just like, that last season was crap. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. but even like an, <laughs> an episode of, of a certain show can just end with. Yeah, endings. Endings are hard. Yeah. But I, th so I think. And ending, we didn't have an ending for this one. Yeah. And it kind of got mungled between the two story. Well, because initially. So initially watching it. Because you had done this before with some of my stuff, like shuffled stuff around to make it fit. And it was usually fine. Mm. And I can't say like why this time didn't feel fine. But it was like initially I was just like, it doesn't work. And it doesn't logically flow anymore. Because you had switched around um, the order of how some stuff went. Right. And then, so then I was like, ego bruised about that a little bit. And so then I had to get to the point of like, articulate exactly what's wrong with it so that we can try to fix it. Because I think even I was mad, so I was like, well, we'll just put it up. It's fine. And you were like, <laughs> it's not fine if you don't like it. So that's, at least one of us was being... Well, at first you Mature. You, you had a hard time expressing what it was. Like I knew it was things were messed about in 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 the how the story had was written. The timeline was screwed up, and it kind of came down to I think you were like, but we didn't eat chips or something at that point, or it was something small that I was like, well, but does the do the chips right. matter? Like I. Is, is that the problem? And I, Well, I will admit from this vantage point that part of it was just like, this wasn't my intent. So right, if it still works or doesn't work, it's not what I intended. So to me, it didn't work. But then I had to like actually figure out what didn't work. And it turned out to be... Oh, yeah, it was, it was like Fritos or something. Yeah. Um, I know I didn't want to identify exactly the problem. But this is relevant... Because then we ended up, like, fractions of a second pushing the dialogue mm. to make a pause in a new place. Where that, to me, fixed it. I think to you, you were just well, it's a, it's a happy amount. that I was happy with it. <laughs> it was amount of, of where does a sentence end and another sentence begin because that starts another thought. It's like, where do you put a paragraph? If yeah, you, If you yeah. move two paragraphs together, then you're going to end up with a weird blob of text that as a reader now I gotta look and piece out what what matters mm -hmm. and as a writer you're probably going like that's a different thought than there was up here so yeah it's going yeah. to matter to somebody from a visual standpoint to me it looked fine but right and if you weren't listening to what the words were it sounded fine <laughs> <laughs> but there was like and the, we got later into sound editing like fractions of a second matter in how the meaning is perceived. And so I think that actually was like, we spent a long, long time trying to get the timing exactly right, but I think that was like really valuable to figure out. We also did, we did the same thing with a lot of them, but like with field notes. Yeah. That was another one that was, there were certain points where it really came down to snipping up your, your, your dialogue that you'd already recorded in sequence and then kind of messing it with it back and forth and it always came down to like just tiny not drastic changes you would yeah, think that like yeah. this will only take a minute to do but you're just you're moving on the timeline dialogue up down up up down up, up back and forth and just not happy with any of it until like it hits that 
one perfect second and you're like, yeah. that's what I meant. And I think like much like tuning your guitar, the advice is if you can't hear if it's sharp or flat, go further into the mistake mm-hmm. and then you can hear like, oh, that's flat. And right. so I think we even did that We're like, well, okay, it's, this is too close together. Let's put it really far apart and yeah. then bring it back, bring it back, Tighten bring it, it back, back, bring up, it back. And, um, so we did, we did get through it, but I think that... <laughs> we're, we're still here. Yeah, <laughs> we continued posting videos. But I think that in that incident, that <laughs> event, made it... We call it Fritos. <laughs> made it clear, because I don't think we had ever articulated it before, that like we're not going to put up a video if one of us is not happy with it. Mm. And that I think yeah, that's that was... important to make explicit, because if it was... If we had gone a different way, if I had steamrolled you into putting it back, or you had steamrolled me into saying like, "No, the the new way is fine," right. um, that well, would have not been good for our future collaboration. The closest we came to before was with KTV. Was we had put it up, and I listened back to it. I, I don't think, I think we made a few mistakes, and we finally got one up, and then listening to it online oh the sound the sound was kind of fizzling out in a few points and it's kind of a messy sound anyways so that extra little bit of like the the hard bite of of digital was was attacking the sound and making it hard to hear what you were saying so from a sound standpoint i was like we can't keep this up i have to take this down and so you said yeah so that was maybe the first 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 time we were like well we got to agree yeah. Or else. So when it came to the, like your side, like yeah. I mean, I gotta do the same. <laughs> yeah. So that is, it's maybe we didn't even say it out loud till now, but it has to be unanimous that we both think something is good, or we won't put it up. Yeah. Um, and then I think you know procedurally, because often part of what works about the collaborating, having a good collaborator, is. I know something's not working, but I don't know what's not working. So I can show it to you and maybe you see what's not working. Or you can see you have a suggestion that like makes it clearer what's not working. Yeah. Um, well, I like you But said. then if you... So that's, that's the key is like you have to identify what's not working. Not just that it's not working. Like you've said a bunch of times with if it was just you or if it was just me. If you were... We look at other YouTubers that are doing it by themselves, filming everything, writing, doing, you know, whatever they do, music or animation, whatever it is. To do it by yourself is terrifying. To have no one else to, 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 to look at and go like, does, does this seem right to you at all? Something seems wrong to me. Yeah. And if at that point it was just like, well, you can't figure it out. I'm just going to put it up. And then just sitting there going like, I don't even know what the problem is. I'm just not happy with this. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't to say that every video we put up we are like, oh, it's perfect. Oh, there's mistakes in every video. Um, Plank. But they're mistakes that we feel, given our our resources and given, yeah, to, to, given the quality of everything else around it, they're mistakes we can live with. And in this video, and maybe a couple, well, well, to decide that that was this, this yeah. whatever the example is, example X is as good as it's as we can do right now. Maybe in the future we can do something better, but for this one right now, that's good. 
Yeah, and I, I guess that's how do we decide a mistake is fine or that... I mean, I felt weird taking a stand over what turned out to be a fraction of a second, but it was also <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't live with that. And I don't know, I don't know what makes that decision. Um, well, and it kind of goes back a little bit to what we saying a week or two weeks ago or something with when do you know a piece of work is finished. Yeah. Well, it, it helps if you know that none of it really drives me up the wall because it feels wrong. That's a good place to start. Right, right. Well, and I think more egotistically, mistakes that make me me as the writer or performer less performer because I'm less precious about that because that's like a thing I'm new to and figuring out and I take less seriously which is maybe working for me but anyway if it's something that I like in a in a know-it-all kind of way and like upset that people think I don't know I think that might be where I draw my line right well like this makes me look like I don't know how to construct a logical story I think is something I yelled at you. Well, even on on stuff like when we're doing promo work, because both of us have to respond to comments on our, our videos on YouTube, or if we're sending something out to Facebook, or you know wh whatever we're doing, mm -hmm. we both have to like do correspondence with other people to promote our work. And sometimes, like just recently I made like something totally stupid like I spelled a, a, a your or some well, an obvious mistake that I oh, know yeah, better yeah. and I sent it out and you're like you know uh, crap I, <laughs> of course I know how to spell it right but yeah. like I didn't at the time get it you're the writer that's your job if, like we sent out a picture and like it was too small and so everything was pixelated I would say whoa what'd you send that out for that's wrong right right yeah, so I guess the the mistakes that we feel make us look bad are the <laughs> ones that like cannot stand. But if some mistakes don't make us look bad, they can they can stick around. Or it's prohibitive to to fix cuz there is like performance-wise um I'm much more relaxed about that because like I said, um that's a thing I'm kind of new at and I'm, it's just for fun. Um but is it, is also it? I would say there's stuff up now that it was, would it, if, if we were in a situation where we had like an extra day to re-record or whatever, I would have re-recorded it. But it's not so important to me that I would want to throw us totally off the schedule that, I mean, it's, it's only our own schedule, but maintaining our own de deadline and discipline is also important to getting our work done. So it is like, we can't, we can't push off the, we can't push the whole schedule back for something that feels pretty minor. Um, and we definitely can't like re-record stuff. That's kind of one of the rules that we made for ourselves to like. Right. Well, because perfectionism, perfect is the enemy of good. So that's, you know, that's the line we've drawn. There, there's a certain amount of what we want to keep that's punk rock. Also uh, like that. that that's we're also punk some rock. Of it's, <laughs> some of it's totally fine to be like, that's a little sloppy. I mean, that's that's an okay sloppy. And it's interesting, too, that some of that also comes from working at newspapers. At the end of the day, the paper's going to go out, and you just 
hope and pray no one made a mistake because they might get fired. We're right. not going to get fired for this, so like, it, right. it, or I mean, we could get taken off YouTube if we make some kind of terrible slip of. Well, I don't think you get taken off of YouTube for a mistake. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you and you made a choice of, of some kind. Oops! I embezzled. <laughs> right. But yeah, there's that sense of like we want this to go out in a certain time. What's all the check boxes? that need to be checked before something goes out. Yeah. And if a few of them are like, that's not on the checkbox, I'd like to fix that, then we can put that aside because that's okay. Yeah, yeah. We're not worried about it. And like stuff like, we also don't want a shoot to take all day. Like with the giraffe, with the screen screen, as you've seen last week and this week, and you'll continue to see, we're getting a little better at lighting but it is, like, we reach a certain point where the lighting for t the day, it's better than last week and it's good enough. It's not perfect, but, you know, we have other things to do. That's, so. that's the basic rule of thumb for anything creative. Yeah, yeah. Is just make sure that you, each time you do something, you try to make it a little bit better than last time, and that's a success. Yeah. Um, which, you know, this is off... The topic because we agree about this. We, <laughs> we disagree <laughs> about agreeing, but we agree about it. Yeah, but I mean, we don't. Peter and I don't disagree very often for the reasons I said. Um, and when we do, I think that the key is the objecting party just can't say it's not right. The objecting party has to to have something specific that needs to be addressed. They don't have to have the exact answer, but they have to be able to identify the problem at least. Right, which um, is, I guess, with anything of any kind of like debating, or once again, professionally, working at a newspaper, you could argue with your editor of like, I need this in, and the editor says, but you don't, and the editor right. wins. <laughs> but we're more democratic than that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it depends. Your editor might listen to you, but... Yeah, if you got a good editor, that's wonderful. And sometimes your editor is right when they just like draw the line, like you don't. Yeah, well, usually but... <laughs> the editor has more experience than you, so they yeah. probably are right, unless they're just a jerk. And I mean, the the editor writer relationship is different from from the collaborator. There is right. a hierarchy, and whereas we are we are equals, right? Um, as partners. Yeah, as partners. So. Um, so yeah, that's disagreeing. Um, we agree that we we're, agree to agree. We agree that we're awesome. <laughs> um, we're not going to switch segments just yet, though, because we Peter and I, after last week's discussion, where I was so tired and not explaining myself very well, um, so I'll, I'll recap hopefully with a little more explanation because we talked about it more this week. That my point was. There are, you can have an idea and then the execution of that idea might affect how that idea is perceived. And so to, to kind of bring this into the realm of understandable outside my head, an example I have, um, okay, so noodles... What's noodles called? Um, it was noodles for you. It is now oh, right out of my reach. The best and the spiciest Chinese noodle soup. 
Yeah, so the best and the spiciest Chinese noodle soup video from last year versus Don't Change Your Clothes, which is a video from a few weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Last week? I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> noodles takes, you know, something very simple as its subject matter, and I try to come at it in like an explainy, comprehensive, tell you all the stories that relate to it kind of way. And so it is like very much the rhetorical purpose is to inform. Whereas clothes is about, you know, ostensibly the fact that in China it's okay to wear the same outfit a couple days in a row. But the purpose of that video is not to inform. So we come at it, we have a whole different apparatus for like conveying the feeling around our aesthetic rather than like, I need you to know exactly this idea. Does that make sense to you? I think so. Um, and because I could, I could do a whole video in the style of noodles where I, I give you examples of people wearing outfits, you know, times that I wore outfits more than one day in a row, and then like maybe a little speculation as to the customs and and. The, the environmental effects of not having so many clothes to wash and, and like I could give you a bunch of facts and try to make you understand exactly everything I know about why people wear the same outfit more than one day in a row. Um, but that's the, so the idea would still be about wearing the same clothes multiple times, but it would be a totally different experience to watch. So are you, you saying like, explain why you can explain noodles a noodle has a certain mouthfeel it has a certain spice yeah you could explain clothes of I didn't do the laundry this week or yeah I'm like so the same the same nut of an idea is there but our approach to it is so different that I don't think... I mean, they're on our channel, the same channel, but like they, they count as like different kinds of entertainment because of the stylistic choices we made rather than like any kind of informational choices. Like, noodles are noodles, whether we're being weird about them or not. I mean, another example that maybe is even better is Park Life, which is a recent draft video versus a walk in rural China, which is from a couple years ago. And a walk in rural China is like a very serious essay drawing on memories and, and deep thoughts and philosophical musings as we show you the scenery of rural China. Whereas park life is also out in nature in a park. But I'm telling you weird disjointed anecdotes of like... Being in a park. And, and those two, you have two totally different storytelling functions. One's a narrative right. of you going in and out of the countryside. The other one is walking through the park and naming things that you see. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, like, but they both come from the same genesis of outside. Yeah. <laughs> Which, for this indoor person... Um, gets to be a category of things. Um, but yeah, that, that, that our 
I guess this is for me as a writer, I had to kind of work through, I'm not making up new ideas. There are no ide new ideas under the sun, which is like a quote that's already a hundred years, hundreds of years old. Um, it's not the ideas necessarily that I'm trying to invent. It's the presentation of those ideas and the development of our style. And I think that style gets a bad rap of like, you know, style versus substance, blah, blah, blah. But I think the style is also important. Certainly from a visual standpoint, I mean, every choice that I make in illustrating your stories is nothing but style. Uh, mm -hmm. What kind of style, whether it's going to be you walking through the countryside there's a style in that's just try to capture the outside, the, the mm -hmm. trees, the farmland. There's no soundtrack in the countryside, so there's no music in that one. As opposed to the other one is you walking through a fake man-made park. Right. And I, so my, my soundtrack to that is a fictitious electronic Dvorak or something yeah. like so that's all style and I put lots of different pictures in in different ways as if you were you know flipping through mm -hmm. you know watching an MTV video or something like that as opposed to something that's closer to being like documentary yeah but that the consideration of style is not shallow because that's the vehicle mm -hmm. that's conveying your idea mm -hmm. um so that's, uh, well, that's, is that clearer? <laughs> <laughs> that's also a, a kind of a problem with something like YouTube is that people say, don't do that from video to video. Don't change. Oh, don't change your style. Yeah, yeah because yeah. you're going to confuse everybody. So in that sense, you're, you, you're sort of stifled. Like if one of those videos were to take off for us, the conventional wisdom would be just do that video over and over and over again. Right, right. Whereas for us, because our goal isn't to blow up big overnight, our goal is to find our voice, to find our house style. Um, so for now, it does make sense for us to experiment with all these different aspects of, of presentation. And some of that house style is is uh, doing experimentation of, of different styles. If, if you were doing, you know, if we decided to do one as a crime drama, you know, I'm going to use lots of right. black and, <laughs> and shadows or something. Yeah, and that, like, that's a good point of, like, even the lighting that you use conveys, um, you know, a signifier to get all analytical literature theory on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, because I think somehow... We've gotten as in this culture an idea of like that there is, and this I'm I want to be very careful about how I choose my words because lies are definitely lies, and you can hurt people by concealing the facts, um, but or misrepresenting them. Yeah, yeah, just, lies are lies, and liars do damage, um, but. In a more aesthetical world, there's no such thing as unvarnished facts and truth. Everything you do, your word choice, your lighting choices, your frames, your performance, 
those are all choices that can kind of affect how your message is being conveyed. And I, I, I think, especially the culture of, I mean, this baffles me, the why, I mean, I know that you like them and I don't want to bash on you, but video essays of like, I'm going to explain everything in the world to you. Like, it feels like we're digging... I've, I've discovered postmodernism this week. That's all. That's all it is. <laughs> well, with, with in particular, and not even a defense of like, I mean, most of them are terrible. Uh, they're just, they're dull. I mean, they're interesting. Some of them are interesting ideas. Some of them are ideas, fantastic. I mean, some of but them. But it still is like, what, what is. It depends on, on what level. Why are you explaining so much right. stuff to me? Well, some people like might not have discovered postmodernism. Or whatever they're going for. This may be something new and they're excited to tell other people about it. And so, you know, if it's something that I you guess are... that's... I can understand being excited about a new idea. But then I've never had the impulse to then, like, turn around and explain it to millions <laughs> of people. Yeah, like, how, how have you suddenly become an expert at this thing that you've just learned? Or even maybe you've been working on it for a few years or something, but like it does tend to be, you know, hey, I just read this new book, and now let me tell you everything I just learned from that new book. Now that I finished <laughs> I it last realize week. that I'm railing against this from my own podcast where I explain my <laughs> art to you. <laughs> so yeah, I realize that, but I think I th what I was trying to explain last week is that postmodernism means that choices affect how our truth is perceived. And um, we are making different choices these days, so our videos are pretty different than what we were making last year. Yeah, and sometimes they're kind of the same. And sometimes they're kind of the same. Cause, <laughs> well, I, that's an interesting thing that we found is like, we have kind of a cycle through different ideas. We'll like focus in on different aspects of what we're doing and then kind of drift away from something else and then like focus back in on that and it does seem to be the same ideas keep coming up every six months or so that we're like and and we choose to see that as like we're we're kind of on a track because mm -hmm. sometimes I, you're like you're pro progressing what you have like one thing that you're like that was kind of cool but you kind of get bored of it and then you stow it away for a little bit and then you think about it and get back to it and you're like, whoa, I was onto something. Why didn't I keep going while well, I needed some time to ferment? Yeah, and I think like if I if I may give this away, the existential <gasps> vlog. Um it's, on, it's never, on our in case you've never been to our front channel. Yeah, I mean it's on our banner. So that's an idea that you you came up with mm. maybe a year ago. Yeah, about a year. Um that rather than being a China vlog we're not talking about just China, we're talking about existence itself. <laughs> um, and then, like, you could argue whether all of our output is existential or not. Um, well, even that has its own, like, is, it, it, does that mean, like, if you type in existential on YouTube, it's all about crisis? And right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how do you define that as a word, as the absurdist of it means anything, so we don't right. have to be like, in this video, we're going to teach you how to keep your visa in check when you're in China. Like, right. that's not what we're doing. Although that might give you existential crises. Oh, it gives me <laughs> existential crisis. But, um, so that, so we came up with that last year. 
and we started like bending towards that and then we kind of you know experimented with other stuff and then just like a few weeks ago you were like what if we go back to that idea of like we're not talking about specific facts that or how to's or whatever we're 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 sharing our existence with you um, which circles even back to what we were just saying with the thumbnails of going from like a flat out this is your face and you are playing with a certain some kind of you know gimmick or something some kind of prop as opposed to like i'm just going to show your shoes like that's uh, pop right. art is, itself is existential yeah yeah so that that, that seems like a good wrap up <laughs> Commentary. Oh, crap. I double hit the button. Never mind. Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about three videos this week. Two on Hello Foreigner and then one on Western Toilet because Peter's been putting out... Western Toilet is our, our music channel where Peter publishes music videos using the scores that he writes for our vlogs. Um, and... You know, they deserve some attention, too, so we're going to start talking about those in the commentary section every week. Um, but first, I want to talk about Llama Island, which we introduced to you as the source of disagreement for Peter and I. But actually, as a video, um, well, again, that it was, at that, that time was an existential crisis for us. We were like, we should make a travel video, but we don't, we don't know if we want to be travel video vloggers. Um, and then from a practical standpoint, it was our first attempt at a green screen and it really didn't work. <laughs> um, so Peter had to be somewhat creative with how he addressed that and that we led did to... It with First of all, without a green screen. Yeah, we had we had a blue sheet. Yeah. Um, that was not blue enough, and we did not it was have full of wrinkles and. Yeah, we didn't have adequate lighting. So I just had to draw in, around you. Yeah. Um. So that took quite a bit of time, as I recall. Yeah. And then so, to fudge some of what was not working in green screen, you added some post production elements. Mm -hmm. Um. Which were. Mostly my face, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, basically just taking your image and doing weird, funny things with it, turning it into different graphic elements or little, little, little Emily friends that pop up here and there to, yeah, to not really tell the story. Basically, you you do tell the story. How do we get to Llama? Why would we go to Llama Island? Where is Llama Island? How do we get to Llama Island? What do we do when we get there? All those are there, and we have some pictures of Llama Island. Yeah. But there isn't, like, that much of a story of, like, <laughs> when you get to Llama Island, you could get these kinds of crabs, or you could go to this beach, or, like, all we did was we just took a boat there and sat there. Yeah. So my sense of, like, what am I going to do with this is, like, well, let's just get weird with it, and I'll make weird creature versions of you that creep <laughs> around the island. And I think after the fact... I can justify that as a creative choice because Llama Island, we do genuinely love it there and we love going to Hong Kong, but it was a period of time where like we were having a lot of paperwork issues, specifically proving that Peter was 
actually married to me because we just didn't have, we couldn't get the paperwork right. So we ended up, because Peter was, he wasn't working, so we weren't doing anything illegal. But he was on a tourist visa, so we'd have to leave every two months. And the quickest way to 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 go through was Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. And so but Hong Kong's too expensive, and Lama Island was a little bit cheaper. Yeah. And so when we found Lama Island, this was a place for us to go relax for the weekend while we had to go through all this paperwork. Yeah, and we loved Lama Island, but it was like representative of like kind of a chaotic time where we were really unsure of it just like it's it was the worst and it was like every two months i was like this time is going to be it we'll have all the right papers and no no we don't and it would like so it would always be like kind of a last minute chaotic surprise and like and because you're border hopping all you have to do is get over to llama island then you have nothing to do you could just go across the border and come back we did that once we yes. literally walked across the border and turned around and came back into mainland china um but that also but that's not what we were doing for the most of the time most of the time we, we don't, don't live close to hong kong so like we do need to make it a couple of these trips for it to be like worth anything so once we got over to llama island it was a beautiful warm island with great yeah. food and we just kind of sat there going like oh boy we love it here why don't we just move here yeah so after the fact of making this video i can say like that's the sense of alienation and and disruption that you're trying to capture with those <laughs> different weirdo faces but i don't think that was consciously part of our creative process at no. the time well we were also again talking about existentialism but also kind of uh, against making travel videos. We were sort of railing against, we were wailing against the flow. Right, right. Which is like, it's strange because no one was telling us to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we are our own bosses and we didn't like the bosses that we had at the time. <laughs> so we aggressively took it off uh, on our video and on yeah. the, the island that we love. Which, to be clear, are two separate bad times. The... the the racing back and forth from Hong Kong happened mm -hmm. a year before we made the video about that, or two years. But mm -hmm. what? What? And then in any event, those... we were like in a YouTube rut, so it was like a perfect storm of like, let's let's express our alienation through film. <laughs> and as it came, comes out, we're both very happy with the video. And oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's just really weird. So, but people are looking at like. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Lama Island. I think I'll check that out. You're going to be terrified by what we did to it. Yeah. We're excited about it. But. Well, because I also do have a genuine... Sorry, I'm so weird. A, a genuine feeling of, like, people should know about Lama Island, but also not too many people should know about Lama Island because mm. part of its charm is that it's not central Hong Kong full of people. It's like There's this no cars allowed. sleepy little bedroom community. Um with like lots of nature and and so don't go don't go to Lama <laughs> Island and so for me part of it was like the snottiness of making a travel video that told you not to go to a place mm. which at least one person interpreted as we didn't like Lama Island we got that yeah, a yeah. comment of like if you don't like China go home which is like that's not at all what we were trying to say with that video mm. um so yeah, there was, there's... That's going to happen no matter what you do. 
I think, you know, the video's great. It's fine. Um, but there's a lot well, of... Well, yeah, there's a, there's a part There's of, a lot of feelings <laughs> about it. There, there's a, a part of what, what, uh, what we're about that's in that. And sometimes we're just... I mean, that's I, why you would call it a... It's art. I mean... Yeah. We did what we felt we needed to do with it. And good for us. Yeah, and I guess that some of the choices you are making about your, your artwork are subconscious. Um, and it's just like they're identifiable now, those subconscious choices. Yeah. <laughs> but it did okay, right? It did pretty good the first time around. It's yeah. a little slower this time around. Yeah. Did you promote it anywhere? Um, not as hard as most stuff, but, um, you know, fairly regular. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I guess people just weren't into Hong Kong this time around. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Our other video on Hello Foreigner was I can't take my, sh I can't put my shoes on any faster, which is about my angst over um, everyone else seems to be able to put on their shoes faster than I can, which is something. That's in the video. That's in the video. <laughs> um... And this one, we continue expanding on the green screen, and we continue expanding on, like, having the different segments, which I think this is where we, or in the, you know, we've started to push, like, we have, we made, originally the giraffe has four parts, a story, a Taobao purchase, a complaint, and a viewer comment, and then we've, we've just kept expanding on those to include, like, previous Taobao updates and different things and like Peter suggested that we're not a newsroom these don't have to be like real actual segments I mean like they're they're real because we they say we are but we could make up like different different stuff every week and just call it a segment and that's we're allowed to do that yeah well it, it becomes what what we're doing is we're telling stories and they're small stories. There's nothing big here. And, we're, and they're not stories of telling you how to live your life as an expat in China. We're just saying, like, this is what... Because I think these small... That's a, it's what a vlog is. This yeah. is what happened to my vacuum this week. They're and, stories. And to get back into the postmodern discussion that will never die, <laughs> um, I think it's those small ideas that people can relate to and internalize easier. And I think are more entertaining, to be honest what I'm interested in. If it is like a big whole history of like why Chinese people take their shoes off inside and every kind of shoe and like if the you know what like that's boring. I don't want a book report about that. Yeah like yeah at, at what year it was decided that your shoes were too dirty so you had to wear a certain kind of shoe and yeah what, the invention yeah. of a slipper and what, what right I and why really the classic know. Chinese slipper has that one strap. Yeah you can go to school, Whatever. You can go to school for that. For us, we're dressing up as giraffes and playing weird... Right, because it's also... Our subject matter isn't China. It's it's existentialism. <laughs> um, and it's but I, I think it is like, through these segments, we can give you a little snippets that add up to a bigger impression of our life than if we were just talking about one subject for seven minutes straight. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of those are, depending on what we have, I mean, one week, you may only have one story, and we may not have any comments from anybody else. 
Yeah. Or we might have 10 comments and we might have 10 stories. Like, it, there's no reason why we should tie it down to any one thing. But the bottom line is that you're going to have stories every week of something something silly that happened to you. There's something yeah. when you went to the grocery store or whatever that, or a little story that you'd like to tell somebody. And if we can think of a neat way to illustrate it, this is where we can figure out different ways, of whether it's through film or animation or you just telling a story, however, make a musical out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I do every day come home from work or come home from wherever I've been outside. Like, I'm already telling a story to Peter about something that happened, that just happened to me, like, as I walk in the door. And everyone... Everyone does that when you yeah, get home. You yeah. want somebody around to be able to tell you, tell a story to at the end of the day. How was your day? Well, that's what, and you, that's even what if a vlog like, is. I saw, I saw a baby in this magnificent stroller that was like a total custom hot rod job made out of PVC <laughs> piping. And he's standing in the front like he's in Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> like the, these little snapshots, literally, of like just funny things I saw. We're taking those and, you know, telling all of you, not just, not just to Peter. Right. That's um, a vlog. Yeah. But we're just trying to figure out a way to make it a little more entertaining than just kind of sitting next to your friend on, on a bed. Yeah. We're trying well, maybe, to like... maybe your friend's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also this one, we had a lot of green screen fun with the marching shoes. Mm. Um, that's like at this point now. Every pair of shoes I own, I put on them and just like stomped around in. Yeah, at this point now we're we're predominantly screen screen. Yeah. And everything else is is fished in, filmed in, brought in. But I I think that's the challenge then is to find what to put in the background. Yeah. Um, so we're actually filming a lot more insets. Insets or, or or if it's something that we go out Yeah, yeah. into the streets to do. Oh, and then then now is back, right? That's and then it, now. it's yep. in this one. Um and then now is a we thought of that last fall, I mm-hmm. believe. Um it's the most existential thing we do, I think. <laughs> um but it is it's it's my favorite segment your favorite segment? Yeah, probably. Um, I just, I love it and I'm so glad. Well, in, in, I, I feel like it's, it's so, it's such a simple invitation to just like enjoy our world, enjoy Lujo. And I literally film it like most of the shots are taken on the same block from my apartment to my job. Um, but I think like for me, finding all these different angles on the same subject matter, or this, the, the, literally the same area, is like is really fun for me, and I think. Well, it's, it, it tells a story. What what we really part of what we do is is telling our story of living in this town called Zhuzhou, and what we want to. If we're saying anything about China, we don't know anything about China. What yeah. we do know is about Zhuzhou. We've lived here for years. And we want to show you our our neighborhood. What do we see when we leave our house? And this is a perfect way of capturing ten little segments a week yeah. of, of what does it look like if you were to walk outside 
and sit on the stoop with us and just take a minute and look at our neighbors that walk by every day. And yeah. Who are yeah. these people? That's people watching. Yeah, and and it's it's mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I love and then now and I'm so happy that it's back. Um, I hope you like it too. But I actually, <laughs> I don't care if you like it. I love it. <laughs> um, anything else about the shoes? Uh, shoes were great. Was there any other segments in there that was different? Um, just some. Everything else is. Everything else is the same. We're we're we've got a we've got a rhythm. We've got comments. We've got yeah little yeah. bits and pieces. So which we are about to totally upend. Preview. Um. So then let's switch over to Western Toilet. Oh. Um. Which, oh. where Peter also posted the score for shoes, which, because we had this image, so I told, like we've said in the past, I tell Peter what the basic premise of the story is ahead of time, but I don't actually tell him the story till we sit down to film. And so he hears it for the first time when the camera hears it, but he starts thinking of visual ideas to go with what I'm saying. And so I, I had told him it was about shoes, taking off your shoes and putting on your shoes. So he came up with this concept of the all my shoes marching, and then so you wrote kind of a march. Right, the music marching is... Marching tune is, to go with it. Yeah. And so then the video for Western Toilet for the musical segment is just dug into... And in the regular vlog itself was we had uh, footage from a, a sports day from our first year, 11... 2011? Yeah, 20, it was the was spring it 2012? of 2012. Yeah. So we just we had, had... It was the Olympics. So they had like a, a mini was. Olympics at, at the school. And our school's big enough. That school was like, I don't know, 10,000 kids. So it was like a little Olympics at, at the school. Right. And um, we just had a, a ton of footage of that. So yeah. we just used that in the music video. So just to keep that theme of marching along. And it's just... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids marching. Yeah. And what they're doing, I don't know. I think it might. There's clues in the video anyway that it's a parade. It's the parade of nations. Oh, yeah, each, they have costumes. Each class was assigned a different nation. Um, they <laughs> did not. Some classes didn't prepare till the night before because academics are the most important thing. So often mm -hmm. they had extracurricular events like this, but... Often it was not, like, what I would consider prepared for. <laughs> so some of them were, like, Argen no, they, Argentina, I think the whole theme was they wore yellow shirts. Mm. Or if they had, um, like, they needed drums. So they ran around for the last minute getting water cooler drums to run around. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Pick was up awesome. all the ones around the whole campus and then just thumped them yeah. around the, the, the circle. And one class I remember, like, someone had a violin, but I don't think it was a person who could play a violin. Yeah. So they were just like, march, 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 and then... Mm, 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 mm. And then, yeah, so that... I mean, it was called the Parade of Nations, but I don't think... There was anything very accurate about it, <laughs> but they had fun. They had fun. Yeah. So the 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 idea of Western Toilet has itself kind of evolved in using a lot of extra material that we've either had from the past or from 
what we've shot for this week's video might be so the the, the storyline of uh, maybe not the best footage is reused in a, in a more artistic way yeah yeah so but the story keeps going like if you go back a few weeks to straight out of Lujo mm -hmm. I forgot what video that went with um but the on Western Toilet, it's straight out of Lujo, and that's just a drive in a taxi cab that we had through Lujo from downtown out into the countryside, one one camera shot that we've just had sitting around for the longest time, mm -hmm. and that seemed like the greatest place to use that. Like now you get to see what it's like to go from downtown to the countryside, and it's a simple video to go with music, but that's a little extra. I mean, in, in a yeah. way, that's that, that's another vlog. Mm -hmm. we're, we're finding different ways, just like this, to expand our story. Yeah, and so if you are looking for it, it's kind of less mediated footage of our experience of China. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, sometimes, like for, par for the park, I had taken a lot of photos and video mm -hmm. when I was in the park, so we used it for... The vlog and then in the music video there was additional footage and imagery mm -hmm. um, that we could we could put into that video but sometimes like this week or straight out of Lujo they're they're footage that's like a couple years old mm -hmm. um, but that just can give you a glimpse into uh, a well, side of China you don't see that often. <laughs> we like to be uh, uh, not recycling, but we, we there's material that doesn't get used. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. It's just it didn't fit into the story. Just like we were saying, like with Long Island, like mm -hmm. there there comes like there's this much of footage, and what do we do with this extra stuff? Do I throw it away? Don't throw it away. Yeah. We yeah. might use it somewhere else, and this is a good place to start using it. Yeah, and like some of it was footage that when we were not serious about making vlogs we were just more interested in in just taking photos yeah for our, our um time. that we made into music videos with other people's music mm -hmm. um, which those videos are not up anymore because we don't want to get demonetized yeah but more importantly <laughs> we don't make any money um but that that we don't our work the work that's online now is all original work and so we don't want to confuse that with like Wait, this isn't your song, so that yeah. that we've taken that down. Um, but that footage still is is our footage, is so. beautiful footage. <laughs> um, so now we get the chance to show it off alongside original compositions by Peter. Ta-da! Ta Let's go on to watch it. Watch it. We have another double recommendation for Watch It this week. Two shows that are ending or have ended, but are both on Netflix, so you can catch up anytime. The first one is One Day at a Time, which is the updated reimagining of Norman Lear's One Day at a one Time, day at a time. Um, with a Cuban family, Cuban-American family. And it is, it's so funny and so touching um, and also is like, straight up sitcom it's 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 old school just to get i mean whatever yeah. four camera stage yeah yeah like sound stage sound stage set up joke punchline very mm -hmm. conventional 
Um, Very broad. And Norman Lear is like in his nineties. He's like one hundred and sixty. Yeah, he's a million years old, and I so I'm not sure how active he is in the writers' room, but he does make a creative contribution, and he knows what he's doing. Mm. Um, so I think. And it's it's amazing. He knows the rules of 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 sitcom. It's amazing that somebody who was so thoughtful all those decades back bringing new TV um, can be still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we still have the same problems. Yeah, and he, yeah, because it's even... He's still pushing the boundaries on social issues um, through the lens of this Cuban-American family. Um, there's a lot to explore there. And it's... it's um, mm-hmm. As as far as like issues go, it handles them like really. It's still it's entertaining. It's not preachy, um, but it is like it, you really feel for these people who are having these these struggles. And it's not all just about like immigrant struggles. Um, it's all it's all about being. Yeah, it's a good it's a good family show. Yeah. In the in this sense of what one day at a time was the story of a single mother. And taking care of her Which family. Which is less controversial this time around. Right? right, right. That that that's what the what it was first. This time it's Cuban. Yeah. But still a single mother. And so those problems are inherent in the idea. But where are they now? Is you, where we're going with with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sadly, Netflix isn't going to renew it for a fourth season, um, which. In, it wrapped up satisfyingly. If you're worried about your sitcoms <laughs> leaving you hanging, um, this one doesn't. And in this age of of network flexibility, it might come back somewhere else, which is uh, that would be welcome news. It's it's like a solid, funny show. Yeah, it's got great characters, great actors. I yeah. Mean, it, it. What's her name? Uh, Grandma. Oh, Rita Moreno. Mm-hmm. National treasure. Um, she's she's so wonderful. Um, she's hilarious. So yeah, go watch that if you haven't. Um, and then the other show is Shit's Creek. S C H I T T S. So we don't get demonetized. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is a Canadian show. Written and created by Eugene Levy's son, Dan Levy. Um, and with Eugene and Catherine O'Hara playing the parents. And this was something that the premise is is a rich family gets comes down in the world. They, they lose all their money and they have to live in this backwater town in Canada. And it just like, it didn't sound that appealing to us when we started watching it, but we gave it a chance, and it is like... Mostly one of, because of Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah. And Catherine O'Hare. Yeah. Um, then turns out... It's one Dan of Levy the weirdest, <laughs> funniest shows. Chris Elliott's on it. Yeah, it's hilarious. And it turns out to be really forwardly thinking, heartfelt. There's, there's a lot of... Yeah, uh, of they, the, the characters... They're these social. It's the socialite family that they compare to the Kardashians of like yeah. empty, vapid, totally out of touch with the real world. And what develops over the course of these four or five seasons mm. is that like 
they a learned, real, a they real learned, sense of heart. They learn to become human, and you really... Yeah. Th- that, <laughs> these characters that you start off with the first episode of, like, I'm going to hate these people. Yeah. They really... So, I don't know, fairly quickly. Yeah, so yeah. By the, by the second season, you're just like, I'm really liking these guys. Yeah, it's, they're like a, a, it's a fun group. And even, like, it's such a good ensemble cast, too. Yeah. Like, the, it's a small... Small town weirdos kind of thing, and uh, like you yeah, want to you want to spend time with these people. It's a little Green Acres, a little Bob Newhart in that sense. Yeah, yeah, and it is. Um, Which is why we bring this one up with one day at the time that it has a throwback feel. To yeah, the there's 70s something very conventional theme. about it, but it is also pulling off like something very unique. I think. Yeah, for our time. For our time, and this one too is I think is. The creator's decision at the next season is going to be the last season. Um, but again, it, it's it's satisfying. So And it's damn funny. And it's, it's laugh out loud funny. Yeah. And like I wish I could do impressions because everyone's <laughs> performance is like so mannered and wonderful. And just like... <sighs> <laughs> That's an impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, every, everyone, all the actors in it are, like, characters you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, and you will wish you could impre- impersonate them, too. <laughs> uh, but you can't. <laughs> we try. But look for the supercut of Schitt's Creek characters saying, David! <laughs> um, it's hilarious. I'll link to that, too. That was pretty good, actually. No, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just read an interesting... Uh, we're thinking about, like networking um which is shy people you're you're not shy but you don't you don't like necessarily (laughs) (laughs) socializing (laughs) but like it turns out networking is hugely important and always more than more than talent knowing people is important and i did i read an article about how the show got on the air it almost didn't but it turns out like Dan Levy knew a guy at the TV Guide Network that was rebranding from the Channel Guide to, like, actual original programming. And so they are like, yeah, we'll put your show on our, our channel, which is now Pop. Pop. Um, pop, pop. But even with the famous dad, he still had to, like... Oh, and this is another funny tidbit. He still had to know someone. So I listened to an interview with you... Gene Levy on Bullseye, I think, mm-hmm. um, where he talked about, like, his son approached him with this idea, and he's like, I don't know if I want to be in this, if it's not good, and then, like, oh, thankfully it's good, so I can <laughs> be in it. <laughs> so, he was a proud, he was a proud dad, but also realistic about show business. <laughs> Maybe my son wrote a dud script. <laughs> um, Luckily, No. Luckily, no. It's the funniest thing. It's very funny. Um, and Chris Elliott. Yeah, Chris Elliott, who... Just barely I, he hangs knows out in the background. He knows this about himself, is that he's off-putting. And I, like, I think he's a talented actor, but his brand of creepiness, it's just like, I don't find funny. I mostly just find creepy. But here is just the right balance. Uh, yeah, I think it's my, my favorite... I mean, he's still... A, Use of him as a character. He's still off, very off-putting, yeah. I would say. But deliberately, he was written that way. And 
be, becomes likable though, in his own yeah. weird way. Well, that and mostly because all the other he, he's he's the nemesis of, of Eugene Levy, which so, the, yeah, Eugene Levy plays perfectly yeah. off of that kind of over eager, oversharing, like Eugene Levy. That's the perfect foil. For yeah, him. They, they work great. Um, so maybe that's that's part of what I like about. I can stand about Chris Elliott. <laughs> I mean, he's a great actor, Chris Elliott, but it's he's not usually for me. Yeah. I will say. It um, brings out the best, Shit's Creek, and everybody. Yeah, yeah. And everyone. And in a funny, also fun fun fact, um, there's a Levy sister who's on the show but does not play the sister of the family. She plays the waitress and at the cafe. And the woman that does play the sister does a spot-on impression of Dan Levy. Yeah. Oh, she's so good, too. It's such a good show. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> we're watch gonna, it. We're going to go watch it. <laughs> okay, well. That's it. Noodles to you. Yep. Yeah.